Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to another episode of Red Side of the Trend. Unfortunately, it was a case of after the Lord Mayor's show for Forest as the bus seat Reds for this one. Um, our new third kit for the first time went down to league leaders Arsenal by five goals to nil, unfortunately. So two visits to the Emirates for Forest, two 5-0 defeats. Thankfully, I have enjoyed seeing the killers at the Emirates, so a bit of solace from that ground for me, so very good that night, but anyway, back to Forest. No Christian, who is on vacation, and I'm sure Nico Williams be happy about that, and no, <laughs> Lee, and no Lee Clark also, who's debating his favourite Forest chant on Twitter at the minute, um, but he's he's busy with work, so it's just me and Adam today, how are you bud, you alright? I'm well, probably not as well as you are, to be, uh, <laughs> well, to be honest, Reese, because... You obviously made the trip to the Emirates, whereas I got to at least like just travel home to watch it after, after watching it with brothers. So it must have, have been a turgid journey home for you. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a long day, and I have felt I have felt it today um, with the tiredness and straight back into work. With obviously being on a Sunday, but it is what it is. But isn't it? Um, let's straight jump. Let's let's crack on with it anyway, and. First of all, start with the team, Adam. So it was one change for us. Slightly surprising for me because I, I personally expected an unchanged team, but Lottie came in, Renan Liddell, as you now famously dubbed him. <laughs> Bit arse, but fair. Um, he came in for Newton, Nico Williams. I mean, what did you personally make of that change? I, I, w- I would have been in the same bracket as you of, of not changing a win inside. I did, however, thought, think that if we was going to make one change, it would be to bring Lottie back in as a left footer on the left-hand side rather than Nico Williams' right foot on the left-hand side. However, Ren and Lottie's record with Forrest is absolutely <laughs> diabolical. And it doesn't make him a bad footballer, 
or anything. I mean, I know I, I did quote of him saying Ren and Lidl. That was just a bit more of a tongue-in-cheek kind of comment because of literally his, his record is... I think we've let in more than 20 goals of him in the team. I we'll come on to that later. I just don't think... It, it, it's not him personally. I think it was just on the day. It, it, it was just... The second half is absolutely a capitulation, as we'll get into. But I, I, I didn't think the team was a bad one. I thought it was a good one because, like I said, we won last week. So it was, I, I had no qualms for me, really. Yeah, you did You did say, didn't you, in the group chat an hour back, that you, ex, you did say Lottie would come in for Williams and that was pretty much, well, that was the team, wasn't it? So, mm. you know, um, all in hindsight and all that. But I think it is fair to say, I mean, this is my personal opinion, um, when going to the so-called big six as the media dub them, I think it's very crucial not to concede early. We did that at Man City, conceded after 12 minutes through the robot they've got up front. But, and I mean, yesterday, that unfortunately went out the windows and conceded within five minutes this time. I mean, what did you make of that goal from our perspective? Because the combination of errors, I thought. I mean, I've seen loads of people point fingers at different players. Yates wins it in a... In, in a area of the pitch where you kind of think well just maybe just get rid of it and I think fair play to him for actually trying to play for the thirds because you know if you just end up booting it you're going well we're just here just to play for possess like yeah. play for territory they and just, just defend back, don't they? Yeah. but the, the problem the problem from us turning the ball back over back to Tommy Asu because he intercepts the ball is there's no reaction from anyone there's no one that's willing to go try and win that ball back and put pressure back on Arsenal we just watch them do what they did and there's no communication of Martinelli coming into the box because the the pass the, the cross from Saka is not a good one in my eyes. I think Martinelli makes the best of of yeah, a poor a cross, one. and he runs blind side of of Steve Cook. I don't know what Steve Cook's doing left side of defence. Where I don't know where McKenna is. So you can kind of blame that them two in in that sense of no communication. You can blame the midfield for no pressure back from losing the ball. And you can blame almost Lolly for, you know what Saka's going to do. Nine, eight, nine times out of ten, he's going to cut in on his left foot and cross the ball or shoot, isn't he, really? Yeah. So it's a combination of, it's the whole team, really. You could, you could say it's the whole team. It's a great header by Martinelli. I take nothing away from him, but it's so avoidable. And that that's we get punished for crap mistakes in this division, as we've all found out the harsh way, haven't we? Yeah, I think it was um, a bit unfair for, Paul Taylor and the Athletic to just blame that goal uh, directly at Lottie. I mean, he was part of that goal because he wasn't tight enough to sack her. I, I am going to cut Yates some slack like you just had. Um, you know, you've got at times you have got to pass it out and you can't just keep oofing it up the pitch because mm. they're just going to get it back and they're just going to come at you again. But it's a great run for Martinelli and it's a great header because he's not, I don't think he's the tallest, is he, Martinelli? But no. yeah, cut, cuts. We've let that happen so many times this season. I mean, Erling Haaland did it, didn't he? The goal I mentioned, the first goal run across his man. And that's what you get at this level. And we've just got to be that that split second quicker to stop that. Um, but and obviously, it was a good header, to be fair. It was disappointing from our perspective, but I thought it was a good header from Martinelli. I think then it's fair to say, personally, again, I thought we did OK until half-time. We kept ourselves in the game was the main point. And then within seven minutes of the second half starting, it was the same old collapse of what we've had the Fulham game, especially. And we find ourselves 3-0 down and out of the game. And then you literally, especially with this goal difference at the minute, it's damage limitation 
isn't it then? I mean, what did you make of them two goals? We'll start with the first one from our namesake, Reese Nelson. <laughs> I mean, I thought we were going to talk about the small flurry we had at the end of the first half because I thought Arsenal were flapping a little bit and there mm. was an opportunity to put a bit of pressure on them. I mean, Lingard's chance... Yeah, probably the a, best best chance he's had all season to score a goal, that, I think. That was a poor effort, wasn't it? It was a poor effort. It was a good block by Ben White. I think fair play to him, but yeah, he's got to do better. The, um, I was thinking of the shot what he had as well. What oh, God, out, it went out for a throw in, didn't yeah. it? It was fucking yeah. shit. I, I mean, about Kiyate, the one white block, yeah. Kiyate, Kiyate, yeah made a, Kiyate made a great run for the one where he tries to Put one in the top corner and he's put it in mm. like I don't know. I think he's tried <laughs> top, to. I think, I think he's had top a top corner of a stand. A bit more of a chance of killing the child of that one. So, you know, but yeah, the, the second half is you, you. I'm sure like Cooper's going like this. It was a, a decent half in terms of keeping it tight and trying to hit Arsenal on the counter attack. And I thought we did well in that first half. And then the second half and the second goal is again. A, a clusterfuck of errors, isn't it? And it's not good enough. Xhaka running off. I mean, Thomas Party picking the ball up in the middle of the park with no one around him is one terrible, terrible thing. And then letting Xhaka just run off, off you. And I, I will point the finger at Yates because he's playing the right-hand side of, of the three and Xhaka's playing the left-hand side of Arsenal. So our right there left. Xhaka runs off him. It's a great ball. But then we've not stopped the cross. Um, I don't know why Lodi's had to come tuck back in because Jesus has got the his back to goal. So I don't know what where he's going. It, Reece Nelson's his man. Just just stay with him because Cook's got Jesus where he needs him to be. So again, it's a it's just an absolute clusterfuck of errors. And then Henderson can't do anything about the first effort. I think he just he just it's an instinctive save. I know Christian in our in our chat was a, a very very critical of him and said he should have palmed it or caught it. I don't I'm not sure on that one, Christian. If you are if you do listen to this, I'm, I can't I can't agree with you there, mate. But there's there's no reaction to it, is there, Reese? Like where think... where where's the where's the desire to defend the box like we have done so well in the last three weeks? I, I think like first of all. Like I was obviously looking down that left side, and I thought yesterday it got it, they targeted that left side so much, Arsenal, because Lodi had so many times had two men that side, and Lingard isn't going to really track back. No, and it just doesn't seem to be that communication between Lodi and McKenna, who's obviously our left-sided defender. I don't know whether that's a language barrier. I'm not sure if Lodi can speak English or not. I'm not 100 on that. But I mean, going back to the, the second goal. I mean, for Nelson to sit two of our players down, I mean, I know it's last ditch, but really one's... I mean, McKenna's really probably got a, you know, stand up there and Froyler's be the one who dives in because he was the one in front, wasn't he? Yeah. And he sits him down and it's a one-on-one and, you know, I, I just thought the power, probably Henderson just powered it. And then, to be fair, he, I think Cook and Lodi are on the line, aren't they? And he still nailed it into the top corner. To be fair. Yeah, it's, so, a good fin- it's a good finish, but it's just so avoidable, isn't it? Yeah. going. I mean, I've not done... I'm not giving myself the satisfaction of watching the highlights back, so I'm, I am going off what I've seen in the game. So what, what did you make of the third goal? That's the worst one for me. Mm. Because the ball gets played into the box, I think. Is it Erdegaard or Jesus? But anyway... He's, there's like eight players in our box and like three of Arsenal's in, in it. And how we've not defended at the six-yard box even is shocking because Jesus just puts a ball across and 
it's, it's going to sound it's, like it's, a, it's, it's trickled in and tip the goal. Yeah, no, but I'm, I'm I, I know it's going to look like I'm like really going after Yates, and, I, and I'm not. But he just happens to be involved because he's not goal side of Reese Nelson. You've got to be so much stronger in there. And I know I've probably been guilty of that in my life of when I've played football, but I'm not a professional. Yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? It's schoolboy defending. It's fucking shit. Because we've looked, you, I think the, the main reason people have lost their minds over this weekend, and then, and rightly so, is because we've lied down to an Arsenal side who we know we can beat. We've beaten before. And I know it's in their backyard, but the defending is schoolboy. Yeah. When it was so just... good, after, when it was so good after the last few weeks, wasn't it? We, we really like set ourselves a standard and even like I don't know what you make what you want to think about do you do you think our work rate was even like half as good as it was last no. week no I mean I think that's the issue isn't it with fans who was like well what did you expect I'm not gonna lie I did expect us to get beat yesterday but there's getting beat and getting beat you know you want to you've got to go down with a fight in any form of sport you know just to get you know, turned over and have your bellies rubbed like we did at Man City. It was it was deja vu of that performance from City for me yesterday, where we just showed Arsenal too much respect. And I'm not, and as well for a guy, I know Reese Nelson is a talented youngster, but then their main right wingers come off an England international because Lodin nailed him didn't he early on, mm. and then he's come on. He's he scored one Premier League goal before yesterday, and he's come on. I don't think he's hardly played all season, if at all. And he's come on and scored two goals within, what was it, five minutes, six minutes of the second half. Yeah. And it was just, you know, just see that capitulation. Then, like I say, when it goes 3-0, it's like you just know it's going to be damage limitation. And in my opinion, was a bit lucky that it was only five because I think Henderson made a brilliant save from Jesus and he tipped it wide. Yeah. Yeah. so yeah, it was. Do you, I mean, do, you, do you think that's because are we, are we, are we scared of these teams? Do you think when we go away from home? Because Liverpool coming to us, and I know, yeah, they had like a lot of injuries, but there is still a hell of a lot of talent in that team, and and we we showed no fear. And just because yeah. I know, just because we're going to the Emirates, I don't understand why we should show them respect because we're at their gaff. Like just. <laughs> You know I, I mean? think, like, obviously at home, it, when you've got, you know, like 27,000 Forest fans behind them, pretty much, yeah, they, they, they have a go, don't they, as we've seen in the opening game and Liverpool game, the Tottenham game. Obviously, Liverpool and Spurs are in this so-called big six and we played really well in the Tottenham game, was unlucky. They just had a world-class striker on the day up front in Harry Kane. And obviously, we beat Liverpool last weekend, but away from home in the games against big six clubs, Arsenal and City, we've just literally, you know, it's like we've rocked up and just gifted them three points, haven't we, really? And that's that's the disappointing thing of it. I mean, especially when, you know, people spent a lot of money yesterday. It's on a Sunday. It's not ideal before going back to work and stuff. And I just didn't think we got value for money yesterday in terms of work rate and desire of wanting to try and stop Arsenal and them. You know, this mini run we've been on of looking a lot more solid just completely went out the window, didn't it? So we'll can't we'll see really, as I said in the uh, group chat earlier, where we are. I think Saturday tea time because it's either going to affect us massively, or we're going to just it's going to be a little bit of a blip, and we're going to, you know, build on what we've been doing. 
that. That's, that, that's the worry, isn't it? It's yeah. it's how we respond now because yeah. we saw that happen last time when we got beat six 0 by City. Mm. What, yeah, what happened? We the run we went on for a long time. Yeah. The, the annoying for me thing for me, Reese, is you look at what happened at the weekend with Leeds going to Liverpool, who mm. couldn't buy a win. And I know I get their keepers had had an absolute world class game in Melier, mm. but they've gone and they've gone and dug in and really like. And then they've took their chance. I mean, we could have took our chance with Lingard or even a one knee that had it at the yeah, near post. I mean, and it could have to, been a different game. You've got to, to take your chances when you get them. To be fair to like Leeds, I think they've been unlucky in the sense that they've played well, they've just not really scored. I mean, they apparently had Arsenal on the ropes. I know they missed a penalty in that game um, a couple of weeks ago. And apparently, I've not watched Leeds a lot this season, but you know, listening to various media outlets apparently they've been playing pretty decent but have just been on the wrong side of the feet mm. but I mean for us it's we've not really played decent have we I think in this that run apart from probably the Liverpool game yeah. um, you know so moving on anyway and then and then it was four skin <laughs> that's, a, that's a reference to um, the tricky tree travel listeners I had to get that one in there so that's for them. But again, Adam, very deja vu of, you know, previous games and wanted a wheel. I had a shot from outside the area and it goes where they all pretty much have straight in the top corner. I mean, that's I the mean, best one of the season, yeah, I think, against us. I'd put that, Joe, on the replay, Reese. I don't know where you are in the ground. I was it. right behind it and as soon it's... as he left his boot... It, it was, starts outside the post and it's a world-class hit from yeah, Thomas Party. I mean, Don't take it, anything away from him. but Yeah, well, we're not going to get into his private affairs. But, um, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, that was as clean as a whistle. It really was. I mean, could you know, you, in this league, you, you're going to have to, you've got to be the best to kind of stop them things. Could we have done anything about that or are you just going to take that for what it is and say that's just an unreal strike? I mean, it's an unreal strike, but... How wise are midfield on the 18-yard box? Mm. <laughs> I mean, it was, just, it was the carbon copy of the other goal from Partey against Spurs, wasn't it? That side yeah. foot. Yeah. And he generates so much power. It literally, yeah, it was like, no, it was, that was a great strike. It yeah, really it, was, was. It, was, it was really good. You can't take anything away from him. Yeah. But even, even, the, even like in the ground, the, when that went in, it was more of a, not a normal cheer, it was more of a wow cheer, if you get what I mean. Yeah. That's slightly different tone of noise. So mm. yeah, that was um this that was one of them. And then, you know, to round off the scoring Adam, again, another similar goal to what we conceded at Man City. I think it was Alvarez who got it at City, where he kind of was was in the box, shifted it to the left, and then hit it to like not into the top corner, but into the roof of the net. This time coming from Odegaard, who had you know, I think he might be the hair to De Bruyne has thrown in the future at Man City, personally. I mean, what did you make of that goal? Again, poor defending, in my honest opinion. It's a good finish, but it's avoidable. I mean, he, he's had so much time in our 18-yard box to pick a spot. Mm. And he's just, like, completely sat cooking McKenna down, I think it is. Mm. Uh, it's just, it's not nice to see, especially after the building blocks we'd we'd put in over the last few weeks, Reese, and, and I know I'm going to sound like a completely, we, we both probably sound real negative, but what positive is there to take <laughs> yeah, from this I mean, game? Nothing I, positive from a 5-0 defeat, mate, it's, let's it's, be honest. 
I, I mean, let, let's just get it straight. We we would have took four points from the last three games. No, course, no, yeah. no doubt about it. But it's the manner of of how we've lost in there. Mm. That's yeah, that's, that's what yeah. that's what's annoyed us. It's we can take losing one, two, nil, maybe even three, one or whatever, as long as the effort was there. But there was no effort. There see, was. I, see, I think my prime example is this season is when we played Tottenham and I think we literally, they got applauded off a standing ovation despite losing 2-0 because that game, they literally gave everything. And it was just the fact that, like I said previously, they had a guy at the other end who was clinical, you know, and it's just disappointing that, you know, we've gone and really had his bellies tickled into, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's undefendable and it's unacceptable in my eyes. And I think mm. Cooper has come out and said, and being yeah. quite critical of the team, but it's that it's too late by then, really, because he, the the first half we looked we was in the game still, yeah. and then we yeah. completely like just gave it to them in in that second half. And I mean, our, Arsenal have been in a bit of a sticky patch of form, mm. uh, you would say, even though they've still been picking up results, which does show obviously the signs of the team that that can challenge the season. And I do think that I think they are a good side. Oh, yeah, but we, we made them look better than they actually are because I think mm. City are miles better than them. Yeah. Miles. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I agree. I think City will win the league still. Um, you know, for, I've always had a soft spot for Arsenal because my favourite player as a kid was Thierry Henry, and I just loved how they played football. So mm. I do hope, really, that they do challenge City because you know we'll be at the other end of the table, of of course, and you know you want to see a bit of a challenge because City. Are, I think they won it. Is it four out of the last five years, pretty much? And yeah, I know Liverpool challenge, but I don't like them. So. Um. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Just a break in play to give a plug to my business. This is Reese off the pod. I have my own courier business, RL Delivery Service. I do local and GB deliveries. Good rates, fully insured. So give me a message on, it's RL Deliveries on Twitter. You can find it in my bio, which is um, Reese, spell R-E-I-S-S-N-F-F-C. Or I'm also on Facebook at RL Delivery Service. So if you do need anything moving, give me a message and I'd be more than happy to help. But yeah, I mean, going back to the game, I think like, you know, people on Twitter saying, well, what did you expect? It's, well, yeah, it's, you know, of course I probably expect to get beat, but it's just a manner of getting beat. And if that's like your standard, you know, have a have a look at what your manager says who you absolutely adore and what his standards are, because he doesn't accept these standards. You know, he even said it was unacceptable yesterday. So, um you I mean, know. I mean, last season there was times where we won games of football, and Steve Cooper was pissed off 
because we yeah. weren't either clinical yeah. enough we could have made it no. more than like i remember at home we played i think we played barnsley and it was like an exhibition game for us mm. and he come off and he was fuming yeah because the, the three perform- nil one set yeah yeah because the performance in the second half could have been even better than it was and it was like very lackluster well, so that's the, so that's, i, that's, on, I mean i don't know about you do you, do you ever think like do you ever look at him and think He'll give you a hairdryer treatment because sometimes I don't, but I do think he, he will. Oh yeah, I think I think every manager like I look at like you know in the media before probably the last couple of years, Jurgen Klopp was this like happy smiley German, and but they're capable of you know like Pep's the same really. He's like pretty most of the time he's pretty you know all right and he and that, but oh yeah they'll they'll. I don't think it had been like it'll be like the olden days of literally face to face spit flying everywhere. I think it would be more like affirmative nowadays. Not like quite um, like Neil Warnock going, I'm sick yeah. of sight of you. <laughs> yeah, like you know, the, the John the John Sitton one of sacking a player at half time and uh, <laughs> stuff like that. But that's why I love Cooper because for me, like there is some fans out there and they've got a right to you know, support the club however they want and whatever. But I think was happy to accept, you know, okay standards for so long. And Cooper's come in and he's like, look, this is Nottingham Forest. This is a big football club. This is a club that belongs in the elite of English football. And we're not accepting average standards. Look, we want to strive to be better. And that's why I like him so much. Absolutely. Um, yeah. How do, so, how do you think we we respond to this then? Because obviously Brentford on Saturday is is a massive game, as you've already reiterated, and you said it in the chat a few times, especially even like Crystal Palace the week after is at home. I've, which I've said obviously... it on the pod and to fifth, I think a couple last couple of pods, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so what 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 are you thinking? I mean, it's the million dollar question, isn't it? Um, the positive, uh, uh, positive for us is they haven't got their main striker in Ivan Tony, you know, he's suspended. Um so that's a little bit of a boost. I don't know. I mean I've I've no idea how we're gonna react. Um I've I've just no idea how we're gonna to react to it. I mean we're either gonna it's it's gonna go one or two ways into a person. I either think it will go I don't think it'll be a draw. I either think we'll probably capitulate again or we'll we'll you know, shake this off. It's one blip bump on the road, and we'll go out and we'll put on a good performance and win the game. But um, but we'll have to see that on Saturday. But something we did mention at the start of the pod, which we didn't go into in detail. Um, I don't really want to dwell on player performances for this one. I think it's fair to say that most, well, near enough, all of them had a poor game. I know. Um, Adam mentioned Ryan Yates, who's always a hot topic of conversation there. But, you know, I did cut him a bit of slack as well for that first goal, um, you know, trying to get players up the pitch rather than oofing it. Um, but, you know, personally for me, I think the only two I'd give a little bit of credit to yesterday was Aurier, I thought, was solid again. I think he's been quite good, actually, um, to be honest. And probably Henderson as well. I think the Jesus save. And I know Christian. I've not watched it back, so I like, as you said earlier, Adam Christian was thinking Anderson could have done a bit better with that second, but I mean, I f- was the same as you and Lee, I thought it was just a bit of reaction of parry attack because of the power, but one person who is a major talking point in a minute, apart from Ryan Yates, who's the usual one, is Renan Luddy. 
So, you know, he's coming in with a big reputation, obviously Brazil international, Atletico Madrid player, scored the winner to knock Manchester United out of the Champions League last season. I mean, it's been five starts for him, you know, 19 goals conceded, <laughs> um, an average goal conceded of every 21 minutes. This is what I've read off an account on Twitter. I also read as well, I'm not 100% sure if it is true, so don't quote me on this one, but it's 14 goals out of 21 down that left side. I mean, like I mentioned as well earlier, I mean, it's fair to say we was overloaded at times on that side. And at times I did feel a little bit sorry for him because Lingard isn't going to come back. And he was like trying to tell others to help him, but we was just all over the place, weren't we? And, you know, he did, to be fair, did clear one off the line, to be fair to him. Um, I mean... Lingard is pointing and telling people to help him when he's been actually doing that kind of role in the last couple of games himself. So I don't know what what's, what stick he's got up his ass to suddenly go, well, I'm not going to chat back today. To be fair, I've got a lot of gripe against Lingard. I mean, in hindsight, now, I think it's been a bad decision to sign him. I thought at the time it was absolutely brilliant. And I'm one of those people who got really excited and thought, you know what, he's going to propel us up, up the league a little bit and it's going to be a bit more rosy than 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 it than it is at the moment. I, I don't think he's, he's he's for the fight, to be honest. We need someone that's going to track back and, and work and work hard. And I know he has done that in the last few weeks, but then like going forward, he's not really done a lot. And I know mm, I again, that's another, there's another, there's another way of looking at it is we're not giving him the ball enough, but when he is getting the ball, he's not making the best of decisions sometimes. Yeah. I think but, that is, that that is fair. I mean, yesterday he didn't really track back. And like I said, it they did target that left side. But then against Brighton, he, he, he worked his socks off mm. and against Liverpool, he worked his socks off. So I don't know. And then with, with Lodi, I, I just feel so sorry for him because he's obviously a very good footballer, but yeah. I think he is better suited to a team that's going to have the ball a fair bit more yeah, in the opposition's half. I'm just not sure if he's an amazing defender. For, for me, positionally, he has been getting caught out a fair few times, in, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know if that's because at Atletico Madrid, it's... They're, they're dominating games or whatnot, or Simeone had him playing a slightly different role, maybe as like a, a wing back rather than a uh, a left back, as you as you want to call it, a full back. So I don't know. I don't think it. I don't think it's like. I think it's just a weird coincidence we're letting a lot of goals in with him, but mm. it doesn't bode well life, does it? Yeah. I don't know I what, think, what do you what do you think about it? I think with like Lingard and Laddie, they're two players who would thrive in a good side who attack. Um mm. I think nowadays most wing backs aren't the best defenders. I mean, you look at Trent Alexander Arnold being the prime example. I don't think Reese James is an amazing defender. They're just really good at going forward. A wing back's you know, main strength now is going forward on that overlap, getting crosses in. Failed wingers. And, and, <laughs> and, create, and creating goals really more than defending. And usually in attackive sides, you look at Jed Spence last season, you know, had a, was brilliant because he got up and down the line, had that chemistry with Johnson. Whereas like this season, for example, Nico Williams has played at right back most of the season. He's not had that chemistry with Johnson because we've been pinned in most games. Yeah. But I mean, like for Lodi, He's exactly a prime example of a wing-back for Brazil. They're going to be nine times out of ten on the front foot when they're playing, you know, teams like Venezuela and 
crap like that. And obviously, I know Atletico Madrid are very defensive in Europe, but they're in Europe, they're going to spring on the counter-attack with, you know, better quality players when you've got like Jao Felix, who costs, I think, 100 million and players like that. And Griezmann and people, and, yeah. Yeah, and to be fair, in La Liga, against like the side who are more towards the bottom, like Osasuna and Elche and teams like that, Atletico are going to be on the front foot. So it's just, you know, it's not going to work for them too, really, is it, in a minute when... We've got to dig in and defend. It's it's been a struggle, I think, for both of them, and that that definitely showed yesterday. I've, I mean, I've, I think it was unfair. I mean, like Lee said, I mean, Lodi got a lot of stick yesterday. I I think it was unfair to just blame it on him. I think everybody pretty much on that pitch would have been disappointed with their performance yesterday. Really, yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to when Omar Richards is fully fit because I'm hoping mm. when he comes in, he kind of becomes that kind of Spence replacement except at left back instead or left yeah, wing back okay. however you want to yeah. see it because he's, he's got a good reputation so, so is Roddy <laughs> yeah I know but I think, I think Omar Rich is well he's used to the English game sort of yeah, thing. he'll, he'll be used to the pace he'll be used to the physicality he looks a beefy yeah, sort of lad I just think he hasn't played in the Prem though has he so he hasn't but like he's played in the championship do you yeah. know what I mean he, know, he knows that kind of thing yeah and I get what you mean so and he's come from a side that I used to win in. So hopefully that will be a good thing. And obviously he is a new signing, but it'll be like a new, new signing, won't it? Come January because I've not seen him. So yeah, that's uh, but for, for me, I'm just hoping this doesn't, doesn't affect us on Saturday too much, to be honest, mate. Yeah. I think, you know, I've emphasised anti that these two games are huge. And I think we'll probably know where we're going to be in my opinion next season if we um struggle in these two games i think it could be you know i don't i don't like to be negative of course i don't i've hated doing this pub because we've just lost five nil and what can you talk about but you know this is a life we've chosen that obviously doing podcasts so um yeah we need we need i think a minimum of four points from the next two i mean the carabao cup game as much as i love the cup competitions i can you know if we if we go out of that, fair enough. But I'm quite happy to play the B game. team in that. Joe, like, yeah. like your Hennessy, Biancone, oh, Baddy. I mean, it, the good thing about that game is it will probably give like the likes of a few of them, like Biancone and Bardi, who've not really seen, to maybe stake a claim. Um, mm. That is one positive. But, I mean, there has been talk a lot of talk about Bardi and Biancone. And for me, if they haven't featured yet when we've been so poor defensively, I just don't think they're going to get their chance personally. I'd I'd imagine I can see being Coney going out on loan in January. It wouldn't surprise me if we went back to France on loan. And it would, Bardi, I can see that loan just being terminated because if he's not playing at all, that's no good to anybody, is it? It's just pointless in being a backup. So we might get a chance in that League Cup game, but We'll have to see on that one. But anyway, it's on to the slept on it thoughts. And I'll read a few out now. So Johnny Ancliffe, it felt like the Leicester debacle again, especially second half. Would say both home games before the break on our must wins. Add six points to our nine we have. We'd probably go into the break out of the bottom three. City Grand has, has to become a fortress, not going to get many points away from home. I agree with that. I think the home um, form's got to be good. I, that That's where a lot, I think, Troubles come from Antic losing them two home games to Fulham and Brentford, really. Yeah. I mean, if you if you looked at winning them two and like adding that point at Wolves, 
where we missed a penalty, we'd be a lot more. We'd upbeat. be like the table, nah, wouldn't we? Yeah, that's it. Um, you need to get the points from the teams around you. So they were disappointed. Uh, Sam just disappointed. Can see three in ten minutes. Just thought we got past that. I think yeah, I think we all did. <laughs> uh, Phil positive. It's four points from last three. Do agree with that. Negatives. We have zero belief we're going to score away. One goal all season. Yeah, that's Johnson's at Everton. I don't expect us to pick up any points away to the top six, but the way we roll over is embarrassing. I think that's fair. We've said that in this pod. The goal difference is now an extra point, also a very fair point. And luckily, the next two at home, also a very fair point. Um, net another one, this Arsenal team is a result of three seasons where Arteta was being hammered for a lot of that period. Uh, they stuck with him and now performing. Four points in Brighton, Arsenal, Liverpool, is a bonus. Six points from Palace and Brentford is a must goal difference with a screaming emoji. <laughs> <laughs> um, Grant Fellows, last three, we just snatched your hand off for four points, which we agree. Two, today, bad start, but weathered it and had two or three decent chances to level. It felt like we blossed over them chances, haven't we? Because we just mm. lost 5 0. Second half was bad. Leicester, Bournemouth, bad. They need to react Saturday. High intensity, no passengers. Um, Robert Nell, I believe he's one of Lee's merry men. Extremely poor second half performance with another pathetic collapse. Also, the champions of Europe, you'll never sing that song, she'll be banned. Yeah, I did um, enjoy getting laughed at by Arsenal fans when that was getting sung at 5 0 down. Um, and then finally, Snowboard P, it puts more pressure on the following games, not because we lost, I think we expected, but the manner of it, that's true. The cave-in again in less than 10 minutes is something that really needs to be looked at, but also the competitiveness of the whole team yesterday was poor. I think that's fair to say. I think as well, what's disappointing is, you know, these second-half team talks, I mean, these half-time team talks, because it's like happened now, you know, is it the full and the Bournemouth and the Arsenal game? I guess you could say the City game as well. We conceded another three, didn't we? So... Mm. I do wonder what does get said at half time <laughs> um, sometimes, but um, yeah, unfortunately, we'll see how we get on Saturday. Right, so we're going to move on to the final part of the show now. Thankfully, we've got this pod out of the way. It's, not, <laughs> not it's, been, been, it's been a disaster. Everyone's going to be yeah. like, oh, cheer up, lads. We've got four points. It's always <laughs> nice to chat to your mates about football, but when you've lost 5 0, I mean, you know, what can you say, really? So, move move on to Saturday's encounter, and then with Brentford at home. Um, not played these since the Sabi Lamouche era. Um, we beat them 1-0, I believe, through Ben Watson, I think it was. And, and, then, and Joe Lolly. Yeah, and the away game was um, when Lamouche absolutely was living in Thomas Frank's head rent-free. But <laughs> Brentford didn't have the last laugh because they got in the playoffs and we absolutely capitulated and they did end up getting promoted the season after against Steve Cooper's Swansea as well. So I think it'll be the first meeting between Cooper and Frank since then as well, so since that Wembley game. But as we mentioned earlier, there is no Ivan Tony for Brentford. He's now collected five bookings, so he's suspended. I mean, we've I've personally said in the last few pods about how big a game and the Palace game the following Saturday is. Um, so basically, Christian sent in his prediction after he'd calmed down from yesterday and he's calmed down to a nil-nil draw, although he's doesn't hold much hope if we perform like we did in the second half, which is fair. Lee has gone for 1-1. Adam, what are you going to go for? 
I mean, I'm hoping to talk to Billy Grant from Besotted Brentford um, to do a preview and get a bit more information on terms of who can replace mm. Ivan Tony. I don't know if they've still got Marcus Force. So I, I don't, think I, he's I, out on loan. I believe. Yeah. I'll just have a quick look at that while I mean, chatting. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if like Embueno or um, like Sergi Canos played in the in the middle, and then they they've put someone else out wide to, to fill the gap sort of thing. So we have got um Johan is it Johan Visser maybe yeah I think he's more of a winger though than, than yeah. a centre forward. They have, but... they have also got Lewis Keane Potter. Um, yeah so it's gonna it's, player. it'll be an interesting one and and you know what you're gonna get from Brentford. They are a good passing side. So for for me Reese I don't know what, what you what you think is do you think it's gonna be more of the same has as it has been in terms of let's keep it tight and hit them on the counter because Brentford have been pretty damn poor on the, on the road, but this is us. And we seem to, if we, if we go at teams, teams seem to be able to just pass it around us quite easily. And yeah. Well, I mean, just look, just looking at Brentford's last two away games, they've conceded nine goals in the last two, which was a four-nil loss at Villa and a five-one defeat at Newcastle. I mean, yeah. before before that, they drew nil-nil at Bournemouth and they've drew one-one at Palace. Yeah. Um, this season, so yet to win away this season, Brentford. Yeah, and it would be um, just just for, also, it'd be very Forest to give them. Yeah, they also lost three-two at Fulham and drew two-two on opening day against Leicester. They also have got a um, Mikel Damsgaard. So if, if you do recognise that name. He's the one who scored an absolutely worldy of a free kick against England in the Euro semi-finals for Denmark. I think he can kind of play as like a false nine, maybe. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see, you know, if you do that preview pod, who Brentford will probably go with through the middle. They have got options. I know it's not Ivan Tony, and we haven't got to worry about giving a penalty away because that's literally 100% a goal with him, isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, um, my, 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 my thing is it, Half, half of me thinks we should keep it tight and keep it kind of the same. Maybe, maybe go someone a bit more adventurous in the middle, like like a Mangala, because I don't think Lewis O'Brien's quite fit enough to play. It was good to see him back, obviously, yeah. in a very shit circumstance, unfortunately. Because <laughs> my I, ideally, I'd love to see a midfield of Froiler at the base and then Mangala and O'Brien doing the box to box kind of role. No, no, no disrespect to Yates or Kiata. I just think the 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 three of them are as a collective. Are a far better footballing unit um, if you want to go forward in terms of passing and, and dominate a game. That's that's just my opinion. Um, so half of me thinks, do we do we stick Mangala in there to be to have a bit more of a foothold in terms of possession or or not? And I, I don't know where I lean really because I think Brentford are a side that can pick us off if they really want to. Mm. It's just whether they take the chances without Ivan Tony, but. I'd like to think we can we can beat them, and it's a game we've got to win, and we've got to make yeah. the atmosphere as good as it has been against Liverpool and and Tottenham and West Ham. Obviously, Bournemouth and Fulham it wasn't the greatest because the team didn't give us a lot to shout about. In, in, in all honesty, um, so I'm going to go for a two 0 win. Actually, I think we'll hit them on the counter, and I think we'll go t- we'll go a bit more tight, and I think a one 0 will get one, and I think we might see Gibbs White finally break his duck. Hope, let's hope so. I think, you know, I, you know, we all want the atmosphere to be amazing every game. 
I mean, I'm going to be a realist and just say it isn't going to be the same as the Liverpool game because no, it's, it's Liverpool. It's, you know, you look at the fixtures and literally Brentford at home. I know we're in the Premier League, but even if you was in the Championship and it was Brentford at home, unless you was like competing with them for, say, the league or the playoffs like it was under Lamucci, it's like a bit of a dull game, isn't it, really? Depends on um, their away support, doesn't it? Because that Joe One Palace yeah, come in a couple I can't there. imagine they'd bring many Brentford, to be honest. You know, do, I think do, do, maybe fifteen hundred, maybe. Joe and Palace coming, that that would be a good atmosphere because I expect they yeah, have some of the Palace best will sell in the out, Yeah, so I think that'd be a good question if you do do the preview with um, Billy B. Is it? Yeah, Billy um, B. See how many they're bringing. I wouldn't imagine they've sold out their allocation of three thousand, but we'll see. I might be yeah. wrong with that. Um, yeah, I mean, it is going to be interesting to see how we play. I mean. <laughs> You know, now really, just before this World Cup, uni World Cup break, I think the next two are more points over performances. I mean, I'd love to see us play on the front foot against Brentford and put on a show and, you know, win 2-0, like you just say. But if we had to dig deep and, you know, grind it out like we did really against Liverpool and win 1-0, then you have to take that as well because these are two crucial games for us. They really are and... You know, we, hopefully we can go into that World Cup break with a bit of a bit of momentum, really, because as well you're coming back to two very tough games against two of the big six again in in Man United and Chelsea. So, yeah, it's going to be. You know, I think we'll see a lot. I think we'll see you definitely for me personally where we are after these two games. Whether with, you know, probably looking steering down the barrel of the Championship again, or we've actually got some fight in us and we're going to try and make a good punt at staying in the Premier League. So, I mean, like I said earlier, it's going to be for me, I just don't see it being a draw. I really don't. I just think it's going to go one or two ways. We'll either bounce back and win or we'll just capitulate again. So, yeah. but I'm, I've got to be positive and I'm going to go for a hard four, 1-0 win for Forest. So, fingers crossed. That, and that would literally take a little bit of pressure off as well for the Palace game because if we don't win this one, then there's all that all that pressure on that Palace game to win it before the break. So plus, if we win, we we pass eleven points, and that will get the <laughs> well, monkey yeah, off that back. Before, it? Because that's like that yeah, is that the thing before, that's haunting us. Isn't I it? mean, before Christmas as well. I mean, we've been let's be honest, pretty poor this season. We've done Derby's record before Christmas, so well before December. I mean. We have been poor this season overall, but that Derby team was disastrous. But though I don't think anyone will ever break that in our lifetime, personally, probably ever in history, because it was just a disaster. Just before you, you obviously finish off, Reese, I, I, mm. I think there has been glimpses of of what we can do in this division. Course, it's just yeah. about it coming together. We beat, we beat Liverpool on a, I mean, on a consistent basis, isn't it? That's all it is. That's a lot of a lot of professional players say there's a lot of good players in the lower leagues. It's mm. just that they're not consistent enough. Mm. I mean like the you know the week before odds Liverpool beat in my opinion the best side in the world in Man City and then we beat them the world after. So we can we've shown we can compete in games. It's just the problem is at this level, it's consistently doing it. If, you know, if you if you do it a couple of times out of ten games like we have done, then the likelihood is you're going to get relegated. Yeah. The more times you do it, the better chance you've got of progressing up the table, etc. But thankfully, we we can wrap this episode up because it's not been, you know, it's unfortunately not been a positive one, um, which is a shame. Um, hope hopefully next time we can bring 
get back to the positive one and we can get a win, which we need against Brentford. Enjoy some Thomas Frank tears. That'd be lovely. So <laughs> until next time, thanks for listening and come on, Forrest. Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share and it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter, um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling, um, by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter you know, use the forest timeline with the hashtag or just to make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, there is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in confidence, there's, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than, you know, doing anything silly. I think that's um, an important message to relay um, to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.